What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in, as always. You know what? Still good to be back. Week by week, we are grinding it out, trying to hit that 52 episodes in 52 weeks. We'll see if we can do it. I have a feeling that we can. This is our first episode where we're just doing podcast only this week. No video to promote. And we got back with an old friend of ours, Ned Arb Nagram, whose name I constantly say wrong because I always say Nagram, but that's okay. I know him as Braden. You shouldn't call him that unless you are on a close and personal basis with him. But, you know, Ned is somebody who just helps the L.A. scene so much. He moved out here in probably, I don't know, 2013 or 14, maybe 15, who knows. He's been back and forth a few times. You can hear all of that shit on the first podcast we did, which was like probably, I don't know, 30-something episodes ago, about three years ago. You know, he's somebody who constantly goes out of his way to put people on to other people, if that makes sense. He's a really voracious listener of music, and he's super just up on shit, and he has a talent and an ear um, for picking what's next and people believe him and he's often very right and so when he picks you out of a crowd and says that you're dope chances are good things are about to happen to you so he hit me up and said oh you know i want to come back on the show i got a lot to talk about since the last time we were on i said you know you're welcome anytime and in those three years a lot of great shit has happened to him and a lot of bad shit has happened and we talk about both you know many people probably know his work with peep and know how pivotal he was in the early stages of peep's career and so with little peep passing away that's a momentous change in his life and a terrible thing to happen but also since then since we last spoke you know he's had a child and is starting to turn his life around trying to get sober and you know And he's like living off of music, which is the dream. And this is a dude who, when he started, never planned on being a producer, never planned on really trying to do anything as an artist. He always saw himself more on the business side. You know, he's come a long way. That's crazy. One thing that we do talk about in this show, though, is, um, you know, Braden having a kid. Shout out Shavo. And, you know, right when right when he had him, I was hitting him up, oh, congratulations. And it was right around the time that I was about to get married. And he's like, yeah, you're next, man. Hurry up. We could be in dad gang. And so that's something I wanted to talk about because it's something I've been kind of pitter-pattering around. And I talked with my wife to see if this was okay to bring up. And she said, yes, I think it is important to bring up. I think it's something that a lot of people – don't talk about and there's a stigma about it and so you know in this episode i mentioned that we've been trying and we have been trying we've been married for a year now as soon as we were married we started pulling the goalie as they say and it seemed to work everything's firing correctly because right around the time that we got married my wife got pregnant and we were very excited and so this would have been i mean it must have been a year ago Yeah, because we got married a year ago in June, June 1st. And so I think that first time that she ovulated, 
And the first time that we really tried, we were like, oh, boom, success. This is going to be a snap. And, you know, we only want one kid. Our family planning has revolved around that. And then, you know, we were just going to... So I don't know. That's the plan. Just have one. And so we're not trying to be greedy. We're not asking for a bunch of kids. But as we allowed ourselves to get really excited with the news and right when we were getting ready to start telling everybody right around that first trimester, we even had a doctor's appointment scheduled and everything. And then all of a sudden her back started to hurt and she was feeling some cramps and, you know, all of a sudden it felt like perhaps her period was coming. And so she talked to the doctor that we were going to see about the fact that she was pregnant for her like first trimester checkup. And he was like, oh, if that's happening, why don't you guys come in right now? There's a chance that you could be miscarrying. And we get to the hospital and they give her like one of the, you know, extra – sensitive tests or like a pregnancy test. I don't know what it was. And it gives you a bunch of specific numbers and where her number should have been for it to be, well, I don't know what you call it, a veritable pregnancy, uh, valid pregnancy maybe, for it to be a, an actual pregnancy. It was about one third of what the chemical level should have been. So he's like, yeah, I'm sorry to say it looks like you guys are uh, going to be having a miscarriage right now. And yeah, lo and behold, a couple of days later, that's that's exactly what it was. And it was it was really heartbreaking, you know, and I didn't think that it would be. I try to like not let myself get too excited, but I did. I was like ready, ready and raring. And uh, I just felt so bad for her because it really is something that I think it's something that she thinks will bring a lot of purpose into her life. And I don't know that I feel that way about having a kid. I want to have a child. I've always wanted to have a child. That said, I'm I'm somebody who very much like rolls with the punches. And if we do or if we don't, I'm going to like be perfectly fine. But I, I worry for her. Like I think that, um, you know, for her, I think her maternal instinct is really strong. I do think that part of her life's purpose is raising a child. That's like one of the biggest goals that she has, you know? And so it was really devastating for her to go through the miscarriage. And then the worst part of it was her body um, was really just out of whack and out of sync for the next probably, I don't know, six months, maybe. It was really bad. Like, the ovulation tests that we were taking were never coming up that she was ovulating. She didn't really ovulate for almost six months. Um, she was kind of just constantly, I don't want to go into too many specifics, but just kind of like constantly going through it for six months as her body got back to normal. None of her cycles were regular. Nothing was, just nothing was going as it should with all of her pregnancy stuff, with all of the organs that, <laughs> I don't know this fucking science terms, man. I'm sorry. I don't know what a, how a human body works. How do how are babies made? I'm not sure. No. The point is, is that we couldn't really try again for six months, which was a bummer. And then when we finally could try again, we did. And again, we got pregnant again. And we we're like, oh, yes. Okay, the first one was probably a fluke. Turns out that like a lot of women have miscarriages and they just don't talk about it. And so we're like, this one is definitely going to stick. And we got two months in and unfortunately had another miscarriage and 
I didn't realize that I'm such an optimist, but I think that I'm, it turns out that I've become quite the optimist in my old age. And I went, Hey, you know what? This is fine. This is good news. We were able like two out of two times we got you pregnant. It's like, everything's firing. It's working. We just got to like figure out, you know, like why, what's happening? Why isn't it sticking? You know, like, it'll be fine. The next, the third time's a charm. And you know, she, she's not feeling, she wasn't feeling like that. She was a little more depressed about it than I was. And it's been, you know, it weighs heavy on everything. And there's a lot of internalized guilt on my part. There is a lot of internalized shame that you you can't really talk to too many people about it. And people don't realize, like, we're a couple that just got married. People, oh, what? you know, a lot of our friends are having babies. Oh, when are you? You guys are next. When are you guys going to get pregnant? When are you guys going to get pregnant? You know, a close couple to us that live down the street that we met through our dogs. They're, our dogs are best friends, and thereby they became close friends of ours. They just had a kid, and we were pregnant at the same time they were. But when she hit her trimester, that's when we were that's when we were miscarrying. And so we would have had fucking babies born damn near the same month or the same week, you know? And now they have a four-month-old, and and it's like, you know, we're so happy for them and celebrating the joy that they are having. But at the same time, you can't help but feel like, mm, dang, that that we we're supposed to be doing that too. It's not, it's not a jealousy per se. It's just a, you know, why didn't that work out like it was supposed to? So then, Mia's fucking mom died, like I've talked about during the pandemic you know um it was like in the maybe third or fourth week that we were all supposed to be staying at home her fucking mom dies and that's another huge blow to everything and a huge bout of sadness on top of all the sadness that we'd been dealing with not to mention you know mia also got laid off in the end of December, like as her, the small company she worked for was, you know, trying to get, I don't know, rid of extra workers for tax reasons or something. Who knows? They're like downsizing, you know? So it's just like all this bad news on top of each other was like, boom, miscarriage, boom, laid off, boom, another miscarriage. Mom dies. We're like, fuck, cannot catch a break. And then we had tried again only like a few days before her mom passed and right after her mom passed and we're down at her family's house, I had a dream that she got pregnant. And I told her, I said, oh, you know what? I had a dream that you were pregnant and it worked out. And lo and behold, about a week later, the pregnancy test started showing that she or that she was pregnant. You know, there's those early pregnancy tests. And yeah, that one was only valid for like a month. It was more like a chemical pregnancy, I guess is what they call it, where it's like even though – the egg may have been fertilized. It, like, never planted itself or something. I'm not sure. And so, yeah, we're at three now. And it's really hard. And it definitely creates this cloud over things that just makes everything a little harder and everything a little sadder. And something that uh, that we definitely have different perspectives on. Because I'm like, hey, we just got to keep trying. It's working. Like one of these is bound to work. And 
she's very much like, oh, I'm getting older and this isn't going to work. And mind you, she's only 33. She's going to be 34 this year. So, I mean, like, there's tons of time. People have pregnancies late into their 40s. Like, it'll be fine. But, you know, I think with all the other things that have racked up and all the bad luck that we've been having, mind you, we've been having good luck, too. Like, my year's going great. Since meeting and marrying her, things have been on a steady rise, knock on wood. So there have been blessings to go with the curses, no doubt. But I think that um, just with everything piling on, it's very easy to lose sight of the blessings and just feel like, oh, we'll never catch a break, you know? Yeah, she's having a rough time with it, and it's hard, and I and I just try to, like, be positive without being, like, toxic positive of, like, oh, hey, it's going to work no matter what. Like, it's, hey, I understand – I understand how bad you want this and I and I really hope that it works out and this and then the other and you know so we're going to have some doctors appointments to figure out what's going wrong. I don't think that we're going to have to do all like IVF stuff and for every story I've heard like this where people are like yeah we couldn't get pregnant we did a bunch of IVF it's like I hear so much anecdotal evidence of people going I did like oh enough IVF to like buy a house cost-wise, and then we got pregnant naturally. So it's like, I really do think that this is just the bumps in the road to get to the end. But yeah, we're going to see if maybe it's like some hormonal thing with one of us, because it could be me or it could be her. It is not necessarily just, it's not her body not accepting it. It could be a combination of like our chromosomes not jiving to be able to make a valid pregnancy. Yeah, she's got a doctor's appointment soon, and then I'll have a doctor's appointment. And we're going to try to figure it out. In the meantime, we're going to keep trying. Hopefully, there will be a little, you know, Lee or Mia Jr. And um, no, we're not going to name If it's a boy or a girl, we're not going to name it Lee or Mia Jr. That's ridiculous. But yeah, so that's like the real shit that's been going on in my life. Because I just come on here and try to talk about all the oh, here's the silly day-by-day things I've been doing and like, oh, here are my hobbies now and yada, yada. The fact of the matter is, on top of all the work that I do, I have as much of a complex social and personal life as well and as complex as yours is or whosoever. And that's taken an emotional toll on us. And it's hard. And I just... I hope that it all works out. That's it. I, I want to fucking be a dad. You feel me? I'll be 39 this year. I'll be 39 in a month. And like, I'm already going to be an old dad, but I don't want to be like geriatric dad, you know? And I panic too. I worry because, you know, my dad got sick when he's 54. He got fucking Alzheimer's. So I'm like, that's when I was, what, 26, 27 when I found out. It's like, and he had me when he was... 27 so it's like if i'm having a kid when i'm 40 if by some chance the same thing the same fate were to await me that means that i'm I'm gonna have a fucking 15 year old dealing with that a 16 year old dealing with that like i don't want that to happen so not that i think that's gonna happen but it's definitely a fear that lives in the back of my mind so so it's just funny like i talk i talk with ned in this podcast about like how much when you're a single dude, how much you worry about 
getting someone pregnant and and all the safety precautions that you take and then it's like when you start trying or when I started trying I realized what a fucking precise science it is and how you really only have you know a few hour windows a few hours of a window at one time in a month and so it's like man to be so lucky as to just have a an accidental pregnancy or what have you you don't realize what a blessing it is until you're trying and can't make it happen. But, you know, all things, all good things in due time. So, yeah, we're back from the buzzkill. We're okay. We're going to go talk with Ned Arbnagram about everything that he's gone through in the last three years, which is a lot. But like I said, I can't talk highly enough about this dude. He's, he's a very talented person. He's one of the most talented and sweet people that I know. He's very selfless. And he just does so much to help so many people. So shout out, Ned. Without further ado, we're going to get into my conversation with Ned Arbnagram. The last time that we really sat down and spoke on one of these, probably three years ago. Yeah. 2017. Yeah, in 17. And, like, at that point, you were really coming into your own as, like, Ned Arbnagram, the the fucking scene maestro and producer. And Peep was really just starting to pop off, it feels like. And he was about to take it to the next level. And you had really helped with getting him there. And -hmm. since then, I mean, obviously... Tons of shit has changed in these three years. And so you hit me up like, yo, we should do one because I got a lot to talk about. So I, I just kind of want to let you go for it. Whatever you feel like talking about, man, just let me know. I'm down. Yeah. I just realized I got like sig or something in my eye and I'm oh, just no. like, oh, I'm crying. We um, can, yeah, you nah, look- fucking, um, yeah, when we talked, it was way before Pete passed away. Yeah. And I remember I brought Ghost here and he did one. But <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. A lot of A lot of shit has happened since then. I like put out my own album like i put out an album like not this past new year's but the one before of something i always wanted to do just like all my all my production and got like all the homies on. yeah it was like a fantastic compilation yeah thank you i actually just sent off a bunch of vinyls today before i i had band practice today like i sold a shit ton like on depop that i had left over from the tour but yeah that um I've worked with a lot of new people. I've had a fucking kid since then. Like, yeah. It's been a lot. It has been a lot. And I'm not going to sit here and make you guide your own fucking conversation. I'm going to ask you questions, so don't yeah. feel pressure. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, wait, I just ran out of stuff already. Yeah, I'm like, I don't no. know. Um, so, yeah, in 2017, you're living in L.A., and between 15 and 17 like your social media stuff really started to fucking blow up yeah and you were really like making a living it seemed like kind of yeah, hustling that, like reposts and yeah that, that's when i was able to quit my job was like maybe like six months prior to talking to you yeah. for the last time just yeah just like selling beats djing hams yeah and doing promo online and when shit. you first moved out here i i don't think the goal was to be like a producer was it no i just wanted to be like a. I just wanted to be in the music scene like like as far i wanted to do businessy type shit yeah you were like a facilitator I, I, yeah i wanted to be like a and r type dude because i didn't even 
I learned how to make beats like two months before I moved to LA. So it wasn't, and I already was planning on it before. Yeah. Cause I remember I would hit like you up on Facebook and like speak and shit and all these people just like trying to intern for a label. I wanted to work yeah. at a label. Right. Or like for like pitchfork or fader or some shit. Right. And now that things have worked out how they did, what would you say to yourself when you were that age wanting to work for a label like fuck labels? Yeah, like I'm I'm glad it happened how it did. I feel like I wouldn't have like been involved with um like I wouldn't have made a bunch of friends that I'm real close with. Yeah. I would have been more of probably like an industry dickhead or something. Like right. I feel like I'm I'm I did it how I did it to be in it for the right reasons. And like yeah, <clears throat> labels are cool, but I don't think I would want to work for one i would want to like start my own yeah right. which is still like a goal of mine yeah but i knew like to 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 run your own good label i feel like you have to be an artist first yeah i mean i think i think that with almost anything like i think to be a good interviewer you have to have been an artist first because, yeah because like otherwise you're just music journalist too you're coming from an angle where it's like you don't have any empathy or understanding for what the person is going through otherwise you yeah, know exactly yeah so those years when you start producing and are probably surprising yourself like oh people fuck with this like we're making music it's tight like was there a first song that really set it off yeah was it not? Um, yeah, I mean, before uh, I was working with GBC people, I was working with Black Cray a lot. Yeah. And on the internet, like, when when I was heavy, like, when I was just starting, when internet shit was super popping, it was like, it was like Bones and like Sesh and like Xavier and like a little after Raider Clan and then like Goth Money. Mm -hmm. It was like those two groups were very like... Um, like head to head, at least as like a listener, and what before I was even making beats, mm -hmm. and then when I started making beats, Cray was the first person to to like get on him. So that was like the first wave of of like Netarb fans mm -hmm. was from producing for him. And, and then, you were like a fan of Black Cray before. Yeah, that. I, I had Black Cray's like I did his first interview ever when I used to run a a blog called Very Bonus. I would yeah. like interview artists, and I interviewed him. And he told me he was like 15 and I was like, oh my God, you're 15. That's but he wasn't wild. 15 at yeah. all. Oh, he was yeah. way older. But, okay. but um, yeah, him and then, yeah, the, so that was like the first wave. And then the second wave was definitely like GBC stuff and like horse and yeah. and shit like that. And, um, and then, yeah, and then the third, I guess, would be like Peep yeah. and Ghost and yeah, that type of shit. And then. No, I'm on my fourth wave. You're I on the fourth like. wave. Yeah. Well, that, I think like last time we really spoke, that it, it was around that wave where, like I said, people was just starting to bubble. But really, yeah. really, people were knowing you for like the GBC stuff. Yeah, and, definitely. And G, but GBC was like new still. Yeah, like GBC's been around since like Thrax House days, which yeah. is like right when I moved to LA. Right. That was another. That was like the first wave too, like right after Black Cray. But yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. It's all right. Even though you were never an official member of GBC, I feel like you're still like a seminal part of that group yeah. in just like connecting people. They would yeah? all say I'm like the closest affiliate. I just wasn't um, in the picture when they were talking about making it like a group because it was mainly all vocalists except for Jans, who's our engineer. The rest of them were vocalists because um, it used to be more uh, like loose and like there was producers who would claim it and stuff and I definitely was. But then they just, like, trimmed it down to just vocalists, really. And those years when you're living in the loft downtown, you were living in the GBC loft, right? 
Uh, yeah, that was like yeah, like right after we met Peep, like and we're like couch surfing for a bit. Yeah, yeah the the loft was was like when that was after he made Crybaby and after California Girls. That was like when he was making Hellboy. Yeah, and he already he, that was when I realized like this shit is real. Like when I started producing for peep and just seeing how many fucking plays this shit was getting yeah out. i don't know if I you remember this but this i remember this very vividly i was bartending a party one night and you were like you know what do you think of so-and-so what do you think of so-and-so and somehow you brought up like lil lucy vert and i was like oh yeah i finally like get lil lucy vert because like for the longest time i didn't but like when i listened to a whole project i got you're like yeah that's cool what, what do you think about lil peep and i went ignorantly i went like man i don't know it seems like all the white rappers nowadays are all trying to sound like sesh or something or like uh, like sesh Hollow water boys and you went oh Oh, no, dude, you don't get it. Like, Peep's going to be fucking huge. Peep's going to be, like, a pop star. And I was like, really? And you're like, you got to go listen to California Girls. And so I did, and it became, like, one of my favorite records that year. And so, I mean, now that peeps legacy has been solidified for such unfortunate reasons, I would love to, like, really delve into really how you met him, how you or like how you found him, how you believed in him so much cuz I yeah. feel like you're really one of the people that convinced him to move out here, right? Um he well he was uh living here like in he was actually living here in 2014 when I was but I never knew him oh, no cuz Brennan like they're both from Long Island but Brennan moved away in high school to live like his family uh Half of his family moved to San Diego, so he went to high school in San Diego. He's talking about Brennan Savage. Yeah, Brennan Savage. And then um, Brennan just, like, was going to college up here in L.A. So Gus was living in New York, and he was – Brennan was like, come live with me. So So they, like, grew up together? Yeah. yeah. They'd known each other since they were, like, nine or eight or some shit like that. But then Gus uh, moved back to New York, and when I met him online in, like, like fall of 2015, he was living in New York – but yeah, I definitely remember convos of being like, like let's link in L.A. And he's like, yeah, I'm about to move back. So I don't know if I made him or if he was already planning on it. But um, yeah, he he came out like a month after we started talking, and then we all lived in Pasadena together at Brennan's house, just sleeping on the floor, me and like ten other fools, like wow. and people's there, and just making that was when we were making Crybaby and uh, finishing California Girls and doing all sorts of shit and then yeah so that's that's how i just met him on on twitter yeah like yeah (laughs) what were days like back then you weren't working no i was like i was trying to that was before i was able to live off music i was definitely like i remember i had eb i had to get ebt shout out ebt that shit saved my life um but i was like avidly always looking for a job but um brennan lived in pasadena and i wanted to i wanted to live downtown and this was when my lyft and uber were like suspended for whatever reason i was like trying to make like fake ubers and lyfts so i was taking the bus everywhere so i was trying to get interviews like downtown but i was taking the bus from pasadena and stuff um and it was just like a lot and i just couldn't find anything yeah so i just didn't have a job for mad long but then the whole group of pasadena migrated to whittier because uh something happened with brennan's landlord where they just weren't having it or some shit like whoever owned it not because of who was there but i think they like sold it or something like i don't fucking know but we all moved to brennan's new house in whittier uh like peep and stuff too this was before the loft and then yeah 
And then I found a job. That's when I found my last job working as a dishwasher oh, yeah. at this uh, bar downtown, some like uh, Japanese bar uh, called Pecking Tavern. And then so I was taking the bus from Whittier to there. And then I was so stoked because I was saving up money. And then that's when I was like, okay, let me find a fucking apartment, which yeah. was the lofts. Yeah. So then I found that, and then we just migrated there, me, Peep, and, like, Lederic. That and... that loft was giant. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. What were you guys paying a month there? Um, It was 3000 so, like, split, we split it, like, six ways, though. So yeah. whatever the fuck that is. And, but it was enormous. It was, like, It was 2,000 this... square feet. Yeah, it was, like, the size of, like, two basketball courts next to each other or something, yeah, probably. It was, it was really big. Yeah. Who all were those 10 people crashing on, like, Brennan's floors in Pasadena um, Whittier? It was like me, Wavy Jones, um, Ghost was there when I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, Lederic, this fool, Young Goth, uh, this guy Jay Green, um, Omen Thirteen was there a lot. Kill Station was there a lot. Um, but the, Omen and, and Kill, all, like, those are at oh, the time. No, I feel like nobody would have known who those names are. No, and now and those are all people that have solidified their careers. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good now. Yeah. Like everybody who came, most mostly everybody who came out of there, like is is straight. Yeah, and uh, there was probably other people too, like in and out. But that was like the core group. Were you guys spending a lot of time bouncing ideas off of each other and making music all day, or was it yeah, a lot of just fuckery? No, it was it was for the most part making music. I mean, Gus made music all day, or he just smoked weed like all fucking day. Yeah, um, like every day a song was made, and like me and Lederic, we never made beats together back then. He's another producer for like GBC. Yeah, but um, he would be making beats all the time. Brennan wasn't really making music yet. I made him make his first song there, though. So if he wasn't making music, how did he become the like center of you guys' universe? Like, how did you guys all end up at his place? Just because 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 and... he knew Gus and, that was and he had a house. No shit. <laughs> and he was in college and like uh, so he was like the college kid. Was he like Caltech or something? What's in Pasadena? No, he didn't. I don't know. He went to some fucking local school yeah, over right. there. I don't. I don't remember what school, yeah. but he graduated. That's tight. And shout out him for that, because like I left college. I was going to college for a bit here, but yeah, he was just he was just the guy who let people come over, and he was nice enough to let people like stay and crash. And I'm yeah. sure it was hell annoying, but but then he d- knew something special was going on. Yeah. So he well, just let us rock. And what a what a Ned Arb move to be like, hey, bro, like you look like you can make music, make some fucking music. No, yeah, he like because he had showed me a couple demos, but he was like hella shy about it back then. Like, yeah. and I was like, no, dude, your voice is good. I actually got him on a song of mine when I used to do vocals. Yeah, and he did a verse, and then people heard it and were fucking with it, and then he started doing. I started producing his solo shit and. That that he's huge now yeah, too. Yeah, no, he's yeah. His career like w- took way off. Yeah. And then after seeing you guys perform the other week uh, or like the couple days ago, I was like, oh, Brennan's like about to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's like got he's got like the it factor. Yeah, he definitely does. Right. Yeah, you see that so early in people. It's, yeah. It's a really uh, amazing talent that you have. Yeah, that's why I think I could start a sick record label like and not have to. Um, you know, not no, have to have them already have a following. Like, yeah. I just know what. Right. Pop. But the other problem with that is, is that you're so nice. You just want everybody to succeed. And I feel like to have a successful label, you have to be like a little snaky. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. If I, you have... I would just have, I would just 
let them know straight up what the percents are that yeah. I'm taking or whatever right. the fuck. I don't know. But I've definitely, yeah, I I was a lot more uh, giving it nice and shit like then. Now I've like learned to. Now that you got a kid, I know my fucking worth. Sure. Yeah, and I mean I've told you this many times, but like I think there are so many different scenes that would not exist if you weren't around to facilitate i feel like yeah but beyond that i feel like a lot of media in la owes you a lot of shit because i know you've helped me you've helped adam and romo you've helped adam 22 you've helped roger you know what i'm saying like yeah. everybody that tries to do stuff in the media scene out here i know you're a big part of that too yeah i didn't realize like how much i was until like maybe a year or two ago people yeah. would always tell me that but i was like i'm just i'm just doing my normal shit like right. i don't think about that like right. i don't think i'm gonna create these worlds but then it happens and then it, it feels cool like i i just want to help cool shit get made cool yeah. art you know yeah leave a legacy yeah totally i think you're doing it i always think like about my friends that will have documentaries made about them in the future yeah, I was, I hope, you're like one I of those one. dudes where like even if the world doesn't end up knowing who ned arb is it's like at some point there'll be some like devil and daniel johnston type documentary about you if and they don't like, i'm writing i'm writing my own yeah write your biopic yeah. you know what i'm saying exactly tell me more about the dynamic with you and Pete, because after California Girls, you you produced that hundred percent. Yeah, for just my, me. Yeah, for my money, that's that's my favorite project. I tell you that. Maybe I have a Nedar bias. I don't know, but I love that record. I think that's some of I his like best, it a lot. best writing. It's raw as, well. as fuck. It's super raw, and I really I like that. That raw it's like mostly. so lo-fi and and raw, you know. And the lyrics too, and the content were hella. Hella sad and like real, super sad. And it, like, yeah, it, it's a record you could cry to for certain. Yeah, yeah. When you were finished with it, did you know it was something special? It was my favorite shit I ever made. Yeah, like at the, I, it was special to me. Um, and I mean, Beamer Boy came out of there, and that record took off. So, so and it actually is platinum now. Wow. Yeah, so you had I'll a platinum ex- plaque, bro. Yeah, it's my first one. Yeah, it's coming in the mail sometime. Like, Yo but congrats dog thanks dog but yeah i knew i knew it was uh i knew it was something special i mean i was so stoked about it like you said i was like no go listen to this shit like i'm telling you like and uh yeah and that shit was all made just through email i wasn't a part of the recording process or anything and i'm pretty sure that he just got on every beat i sent him Mm -hmm. one by one until it was done he didn't say no to any of them we just it was like one for one two for two blah 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 just like just scoring like yes this is a good one yeah. and we were actually supposed to make more and more we we wanted it to we wanted to troll and just have it be a playlist on soundcloud called california girls and just, just keep let adding to yeah it. keep adding to it forever but then we just stopped after six songs yeah but there's a there was like a seventh song um that we actually like sold i've told this story somewhere before but it, it was like we didn't finish it and it had an open and when we were moving to the lofts we posted on Twitter like, all right, we have this open for like six hundred dollars. Yeah, because we were six hundred away from the security deposit. No, so we sold it, and uh, then some lucky kid just has like yes. a random. Net well, yeah, it's fucking... out. Like some kid has it out. Wow. Um, and shout out to that kid, but like the song was the song was cool. Until um, no, yeah, no, I mean like he did his <laughs> he, he tried to do his thing, yeah, but yeah. um, I want that song like i want to take peeps part and just like loop it because yeah. a lot of his songs would just be like a hook verse and then the exact same shit over right. again and i want to do with that and release it like somehow but 
but yeah, and then yeah, after that, still though, even if I would be living in a house with them or whatever, I would just email them a beat from the next room over. Right. Like I, ne- I don't think I. Oh, I, we made the Castles EP with Tracy like all together yeah. in the same room, but the rest were just like emails, which was cool because he would he would record himself on GarageBand. I didn't have to worry about shit or like, and he loved my beats. Like he never asked me to change anything ever. Like yeah. and so many artists did after i worked with him and i wasn't used to that i'm like oh you you're like these these new artists i'm working with are asking me to change what i have like i was like hella i guess cocky at a point because everything people never asked me and then they would make a hit he's like yo this is perfect yeah literally yeah wow that's interesting um what what was you guys' relationship like outside of music it was chill i mean we chilled every day after the we we would troll all the time. We would talk all the time. Even before we met, we would FaceTime all the time. We bonded because we both had these, like, corny rose tattoos on our hands yeah. and uh, and face tattoos. We were the only people who had, like, like a face tattoo at, at, at all that moment, at that yeah. point. Um, and, yeah, it was really cool. And after the lofts, he, like, moved to a, a two-bedroom apartment in Echo Park. And yeah. Then I moved in in the second room, and uh-huh. then we were just roommates, me and him, for like a minute. Um, and yeah, I don't know. We would just we would watch movies, chill, just do normal shit. When he started to kind of when it started to be a thing that like he was gonna blow up, and it, it, and it was certainly on that path. What was it like to be in your position? Because I think when somebody is like bound to be a pop star, a lot of the people that help them get noticed at first get left behind. Did you feel that way? Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I definitely did. Uh, but he never, he never like at least like as soon as he was popping off, he never really like stopped kicking it with people and right. started acting Hollywood and shit like that. He and that's was the still thing, I, pretty chill. I was going to say, I don't think that he seemed like the type that, that would, but it's nah. like when you get that team around you that goes but, like, Hey, we're concentrating on you. Yeah, I mean, when, people. when he like signed his management deal, obviously he had less time on his hands for other shit and like, would just be gone all the time or doing whatever. Yeah. And, like his homies and we would like miss him and stuff, but he would still like, talk to us and shit but um yeah i just i just remember when I, like i introduced him to chase yeah like and from the hive and uh he just wanted to he just wanted to meet him and, and talk to him and like he he became his manager and uh and then like first access reached out and that's when i knew he was about to like just take off because they're a huge fucking company or whatever right but, and i was kind of worried at, at first you know he was young as fuck he was like 19 or 18 or something wow and he had already been like established as an under and this was before any of this shit was on spotify or anything and those numbers are fucking crazy if you look at them now but um right this is yeah, all just via I, soundcloud but yeah i was i was kind of i was bummed because like after after hellboy we never worked together again yeah like there was a album shout out smoke sack he's my boy but like he became like the main guy yeah and like a part of me was like damn i wish i was like you know doing this shit or in these sessions working on these like official albums right but it's cool i'm happy with what i put out with him right and i'm just thankful and you know glad that i was a part of it yeah i mean you guys created history together yeah exactly real shit knowing how everything turned out were there red flags that you look back on now um yeah Yeah. uh there was red flags like 
Just like when like dealers would like come around in plugs and like just give fools free shit. Yeah. Just to be homies and stuff. Yeah. Like that shit started to happen a lot like um like after like pretty quickly after I met him cuz when I met him he was I don't know what he was doing before like I met him. Yeah. But when I met him he was just smoking weed. Like I was doing more shit than he was. Yeah. Like I was the one going and trying to get coke and right. do all this shit. I was like, I but was, even the coke isn't as worrisome as what eventually happened. I would be backstage at those shows and hear people talking about like, oh yeah, I just took six fentanyl or whatever. Like, no, that's crazy. Oh, like, I, that's, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I, I would just be hearing people talk about like all these opiates that at the time were like the brand new new shit, and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, he would like wilding. he would take like a Xanax here and there, but he was never like, he was honestly never like too crazy with it un- until he got a management deal and it wasn't i don't i'm not blaming no, anybody obviously. but like yeah he when just, you get that kind of money you have more more to blow you know but he wasn't even paying for it like ever it would just be like people would i remember living with him in the two-bedroom house and like plugs would hide drugs like in random areas in the house and if he ran out he would call them like yo i need this like where did you hide it in my house type shit so they didn't have to pull up and that's when i i was like this is like kind of sus and i i was i never did opiates or nothing like that i was partaking in the other shit but like that's when i was like oh fuck like this is this is kind of worrisome and sketchy you were tour djing for him for a while right yeah i did like one europe tour with him it was like six or seven shows did you guys is that the when you guys went to russia yeah we went to russia that and Belgium and yeah that was that was his first time in russia so it was crazy to it wasn't be, your first time in russia it was mine too oh, it was say. my first time in europe but <laughs> like it was it was his his first shit like like there was fans waiting at the airport and like showing up at the hotels and having to dodge fools everywhere. Like, yeah, it was like people mania. Yeah, it was it was a crazy thing to see. And yeah, I was his first like Europe DJ. So how do they even find out about you in Russia like that? There's this website called VK. It's like a Facebook type website, and I guess fools just found it on SoundCloud and it just blew up in in Russia. Actually, a Russian kid explained to me why they liked it so much. They said it was because they liked rap, but they couldn't understand what most American rappers were saying because they were rapping so fast. Oh, yeah. So they liked the beats of Peep, but, like, he was singing slower so they could understand it. And his shit was more moody. And, like, in Russia, it's hella, like, dark and cloudy all the time and kind of depressing. So they told me, like, it fit their mood. And then it just – it took off. Like, the first show was, like, 3,000 people in Moscow. That's wild. And that was bef- – that was he maybe had, like, one show in L.A., before that like a ham or something in like arizona and denver and that's it dude honestly yeah like one of my big fucking regrets of the last like five years is like how hard i tried to get peep to sit where you're sitting right now and how, yeah, yeah. how hard i tried to get him to perform in front of that wall because like after i heard california girls i was like this is the white one. i'm surprised it never happened i dude, feel like i could have got I, him to do it uh, you had him very close at one point actually at one point i was upstairs at the roxy i think it was the night that i met ghost and was and i hit you up about him like yo what's up with this kid um I was upstairs talking to Peep, and I go, I was like, oh, hey, man, what's up? I'm Lee. Like, we've been texting with each other. Uh, Ned gave me your number. He told me that you're down to do the podcast, da-da-da-da-da. What do you think about, like, Sat? He goes, 
he just looked at me like kind of stoned and was like, hey, man, sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, this is going to be harder than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would happen. Like, yeah. He, doesn't, he didn't remember like was, the meeting with Chase. Or bro, there was like, <laughs> but there was probably people pulling him in every fucking yeah, direction at that point. You feel and me? he would so never save numbers in his phone. Yeah, I get it. Like not even mine or anything. Right, right. And so, yeah, I used to just be on text begging chase like yo we gotta get peep in bro yeah. and he's like you don't understand like he likes to layer his vocals like i said hey don't worry we got professional gear it'll sound yeah. dope da, 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 da. and um yeah just never happened and then even this is i'm not meaning to turn this about me but i will tell this story it's like that one like seminal show in at the echo the lo- the little one I was on the side of the stage shooting that. You could even see me in the documentary I was shooting at. Yeah. And then I had a computer crash, so I lost all those photos from that. Damn. Not that any of them were that great. It was very, very smoky on purpose. Yeah. That said, I went there very early with the uh, under the guise of, like, I'm going to get up into the green room at the Echo, and I need to, like, take a fucking portrait of this dude because he's going to be a legend. I need to get, like, an early portrait of him. And then I couldn't because he was fucking passed out that, that yeah. night. You know what I'm that saying? That was a scary night. That was sure. a scary night. That was a sketchy night. What did you think about the documentary? Um, <laughs> I have mixed feelings with it, honestly. And, like, I've talked to – shout out to homie Ramos. He, like, made it. But I've had, like, convos with him about it because I liked it, but it became too biased to me. And it became too, like, pointing fingers, like, who did this, who did that. And it became more about, like, like how he died like some fucking csi episode or something instead of focusing on the music and the legacy but i do think it was it was shot really well i loved his uh his grandfather like narrating it yeah and they got a lot of rare shit but there was parts there was parts that i just didn't think needed to it seemed like they were trying to blame like gbc for him dying honestly Uh, and i didn't fuck with that at all uh, and like (laughs) <laughs> like the only time you see like you see me i'm the only one aside from him doing drugs and uh, i was gonna say every <laughs> time you were on screen i was like what is ned doing god but damn like, it why they, did like they painted they made you look like a piece of shit in that yeah but <laughs> like the thing is they had already made it like that and chase was like yo i want to show you something like let, let me show you how this movie is edited yeah and i was like you know what fuck it it's already in there yeah. and that's what was happening keep yeah. it but i'm just like why was i the because Every everybody bro, was doing I it i i know every time i'd be like oh damn poor <laughs> ned like shit i don't know if my mom's seen that or yeah. she'll listen to this but the one, I was like, "Fuck, my mom's just, isn't now, bro. That movie's on airplanes and yeah. shit, like Netflix." Everything. Here's my one take on that documentary. I've seen it like four times too. I, I only watched it the once, and, and the only part that really bugged me was about that night of that concert because they they made it kind of like the crux of the movie. Like it was this, yeah. it was this like triumphant thing that happened. And and I'll be honest, I was there, I was watching, and. I left halfway through because I felt like I'm not going to take any more photos of this because it feels exploitative. Like, I, f- I felt like he was a puppet at that point getting strung along f- or something. Yeah. Just that night. That night. Yeah. Like, he was in bad shape, dog. They should have – that show shouldn't have gone on. No, it shouldn't have. And that's that's why I didn't like certain, like, team members of, of his that were pushing it to keep going. Like, mm. um. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. It is what it is. But fucking that. Yeah, that shit. Yeah, when they put that on there, I mean, it is very real and what happened. Um, but 
Yeah, I just thought it turned to – I mean the story is dark, but I didn't think his first documentary would be so dark. I thought it would just be like – but I mean – and it also I didn't fuck with how quick it it was made and came out. Oh, yeah. Like like I get it. Like it's fresh. Like they got to just die. They gotta, yeah, they got to get it while it's hot. But that shit just makes it feel like my boy's life was just like a material item or like yeah. some, some shit. But – I know that's not going to be the first one. There's going to be, like, you know, there's probably hella documentaries about Kurt Cobain and other people yeah. who passed away that were legends. But It's just such a fucking sad time that we're living in right now with so many young artists having died recently. Because yeah. it's like, as soon as one passes away and everybody gets on the, like, RIP train, it's like another one passed away and it's... It makes me wonder, like, from a historical perspective, if, like, that means all these people are just going to get lumped together and forgotten about of, like, oh, that's just that time period where all the rappers were dying. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fucked up. <laughs> that, yeah. And I, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. But it's, like, man, it was happening fast. Yeah. And then, like, Juice World. Yeah, and Juice X World, X. And Juice was, like, a big peep supporter and fan like i was supposed to do shit with him right i remember one of my biggest regrets was he facetimed me but i was at fucking i was at the bar and i oh, didn't answer yeah. and i texted him i'm like yo i'm at the bar it's all loud right now yeah. like he wasn't big at all then right. i just thought it was somebody i could get back to and then like you know lost contact right because he got huge I, I mean he was one of those artists where when i heard it, i was like oh this is cool yeah. and then i would see more behind the scenes shit i'm like oh this dude's like super and he talented. could rap his ass off too dude like, the freestyle video where he's like freestyling for like 12 minutes yeah. all on point he was a real rap fan he didn't yeah. only do like emo but shit. his melodies were mad tight too yeah they were that was a real shot in the heart just because like i didn't i had no idea he was struggling with any of that stuff like i, I kind of thought I don't know. I always assume when people, like, talk about their problems on songs, it's more just to, like, it's exaggerated a little bit. I only knew because I, like, not to sound like, oh, no. I knew somebody, yeah, yeah. but I knew he had talked to a friend of mine, like, and they had bonded over yeah. and, like, you know, shared stories. And I was like, oh, shit, so it's legit. Like, even yeah. though his songs did talk about that kind of shit, like, he still seemed like a wholesome dude. Yeah. If that makes I'm, sense. I'm sure he was. Like, yeah, he seemed wholesome. You know, know, people go through shit when yeah, they're alone. That's real. What year did Peep die now? 18? 2017. 17. So it must have been right after we talked. What, it was. What's it that? was like a few months a after. Few months. I remember getting the text from Adam. He told me like, yo, man, fucking, I just got word that Pete passed away. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I was at home in the office. And I just remember like being shocked, but also like, yeah, like that. It's not that surprising. Yeah. yeah. And that's a terrible thing to say. I've low-key felt that way, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I was, I was, had a bad feeling about that whole tour. Yeah. Like, and I never really vocalized it, but when it happened, like, I was just like, yep, like, fuck, that shit happened, like, this could have been prevented, whatever. But. Well, let me hear about your perspective on that tour, because that was probably one of the first ones where you weren't tour DJing, or what? It was like, I just thought that they didn't give him a break. Like, after he did the tour with me he finished the tour in the states with yawns mm -hmm. um yawns was the dj and then shortly after that his first tour like a couple months after threw him on another tour off the same record and he didn't really like touring that much did he yeah i don't no he hated it yeah he fucking hated it that's why, he was a shy dude that's why he would get well, actually, in Europe, we didn't even get fucked up, really. Like, yeah. there was only one night where we had done something. But I knew – this is what I'm saying is, like, they didn't give him a break, and he was mad young, his first time touring. 
they they should have waited like until I don't even think like come over when you're sober was out yet or not. I'm not sure, but I just know it happened all too quick. Like in a blink of a fucking eye and then boom, he's dead. Like yeah. touring, 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 touring. If they would have gave him like a little fucking break, mm-hmm. catch a breather, then, you know, no. He put out a lot of records right in a row. Yeah, he did. I mean, because you remember we would be always seeing each other at Ham Radio at that time. And it was like, they did the Crybaby premiere. And then it was like, it felt like in a blink of an eye. Then it was the Hellboy premiere. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, California Girls was like, uh, 2016 and then he had all these eps and then 2017 yeah he had fucking uh hellboy and like uh the castles ep castles 2 yeah i don't fucking know he was working hard yeah so what is it like when you hear that he passed like do you remember yeah i was in um i was in chicago on tour with ghost main and wavy jones Mm -hmm. and uh Fucking, I, 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 I saw somebody tweeting about it and I, I was pissed that I saw somebody tweet about it. And it was somebody I don't like at all, actually. And, they and I'm tw- not even going to name it. And name. that was the first person that you, yeah, that's the way you found out? Yeah. I was like, scro- and it was somebody I fucking like hate. Somebody had retweeted it and I was like, no way. And I actually hit them up and I was like, delete this shit. Like, even if it's true, like just delete it right now. Because we don't please. fuck with you. Well, not even that. No. I was just like. I don't want people to hear about it first from this. From you, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, fucking, so I called Yawns, and he told me and, like, was, told me what happened. He was calm, and I was just like, fuck, because I was the first person on my tour to know. And then, um, so then I told Ghost and Wavy, and we were, we were in, like, we were just getting back to the hotel after this crazy sold-out Chicago show, and we were Mm -hmm. at the hotel just... Just getting back, we haven't even put our bags away yet or anything. Fools haven't even took showers. And then I, I just remember Fools just like, we couldn't even get into our rooms yet either for some reason. So we're just in the lobby of this hotel. Like, I wasn't bawling. I was like the one like trying to comfort everybody. But everybody was just fucked up off that shit. And then... Because Ghost, Ghost and Pete were in a crew together before anything yeah. popped off for either of them in Schema Posse. So was my boy Wavy Jones. They yeah. were all in Schema before. Yeah. And then... um. And it just sucked because we were in the middle of a fucking tour. Like we had to play Detroit the next day, mm-hmm. and like do we were we were not even halfway done a th- like a thirty day tour, mm-hmm. and had to just keep going, knowing that this fool just passed away. Yeah. So that was like the hardest part. But I've I've I think I've recovered from it now. Right after it happened, like um, I handled it in a way that I didn't. I didn't realize I was handling it until recently, like drinking from sunrise till sundown and like doing copious amounts of Coke and just sitting in my room all day in my next apartment, not the one I lived at with him, but the next one. I remember like telling friends to come like watch me so I didn't like do anything stupid and shit. But I, at that time, I didn't realize that's how I was processing his death. I thought it was something else. But now I'm like, oh, that's why I was doing that because I was so fucking bummed out about it. Yeah. But I got through that shit. And then shortly after that is when I found out I was having a baby and then he kind of like saved my life. So yeah. then I like 
started to grow the fuck up a little bit and just keep it moving. Yeah, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you guys' loss, man. Oh, thanks. I know it's, that. Yeah, it's, it's straight now. I know, but still, like that shit doesn't go away. You know, you. It feels like a callus is over, but when you talk about it, it can still it can still bring the emotions right out. I'm sure. Yeah. And you know, and the other thing that I see you having to go through all the time is like dickhead fans. Oh yeah, that, it's so annoying. That like don't understand the fact that you're a human. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Call them, we call them punishers. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good <laughs> that's, um, phrase. That's in like the punk world, and then we brought it over. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's just annoying. But it comes with what we're doing, I guess. Just like the most selfish, greedy, fucking shitty fans. That yeah, just they would never like, say it in real life, though. Right, and they just feel like you owe them something. Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. Just to have like I have so many people stalker blocked. stands. I have yeah. like at least three thousand people blocked on yeah. Twitter. <laughs> wow, I have a lot of people blocked too. I I, bl- I block on the willy nilly shit. Just yeah, like, oh, I don't you, give a fuck. Yeah, I, the funny thing is, I have like every reply guy blocked too. Like any, oh, I have yeah, all yeah. those fans that like that like reply link? to me. No, just that, just that like reply to things that I tweet. I just don't want to read your reply. Like like it or retweet it and move on. Like don't reply yeah. to me. I'm just well. You got to turn on the the filter where you you only get mentions from the people you follow. Yeah, that's I do need to do that. That's true. <laughs> um, I learned that a long time ago. But anyway, yeah. So I just be muting and blocking everybody. Yeah. So. Did you find out that you were having a baby during that blur of... Yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, for yeah. sure. During, like, me getting hella fucked up. How did you guys meet? Uh, me and my yeah. my son's mom. Yeah. We met, like, years ago. Um, her name's Jasmine. Shout out to Jasmine. She's, Shout an, out ama- Jasmine. she's an amazing mom. Um, we met, like, on Twitter in 2015, and we dated a long time ago, and... Uh, we dated for a short period of time, but she was somebody I just would occasionally see. And one night, just boom, happened. And then she told me, and it was insane. And what the craziest part was when we found out the due date, it was like like Gus was born November 1st, and he died November 15th. The due date for our son was November 10th. Oh, wow. Right so I was like, what the fuck? This yeah. is crazy. He was born November 19th, but still I was like a year after he died. Yeah. He was born. Yeah. And I was like, damn, is this some reincarnation shit or something? Right. But. And so yeah. you, but you guys weren't like together at the time. No. And so was it something where you're like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, or was it just instantly like, I want to be a dad? Um, I mean, yeah, there was definitely a lot of worries going through my head. I think that happens to anybody, right. but I mean, once I found out that shit was really real and happening, I just was like, fuck it. I got to save some fucking money, yeah. get to, get a house, like a one bedroom house, fucking get my shit straight, make sure all my ducks are in order. And so what did you start doing? What was the, what was the first thing you changed after you found out? Signed a publishing deal. Yeah. Yeah, and I, got in a little advance. Yeah, and yeah. that that like that helped because yeah, there was a there was a comp like somebody, blah blah, blah yeah. a fucking management company that uh, does publishing deals too, and fucking um, they had already been talking to me about about helping me out and stuff. Um, and it's funny because the person who set it up was Chase oh, and. Yeah. Um, and right, right after I signed the paper, and like right after, I was like, "I'm about to get this crazy advance." I was like, "Oh, and just so you know, I'm having a baby." Yeah, <laughs> that was the first time he knew. Oh, but I was like, I was like, "Fuck!" I wonder if I tell him before if he still would like right. help me get this bread, which he would. But right. um, 
Yeah, that shit, that shit helped. And then, yeah. How does a publishing deal work versus a label deal? I don't fucking know. I don't even know what's going on. Right. Like, I, I'm kind of unhappy with it, honestly. Like, it put me in a good financial position at the time. But usually everybody else I know in publishing deals gets, like, put in sessions all the time. Yeah. And are, like, working every week in studios, um, like, with different artists and stuff. And I just felt like I wasn't put in that many sessions or anything. And you basically have to, like, get, um, like, six major label placements within two years. And then you unlock this other money Mm -hmm. and shit. And I have a couple of them, but I did them on my own. They didn't, like, set them up or anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm still working on fulfilling that shit to get that extra guap. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, air these motherfuckers out, bro. You said I'm I'm just kidding. They're, like, they're cool, but... um, I want to I want to get out of it and sign a different one because yeah. there's other people that are interested in doing a pub deal with me that do some with other producer friends I know and like they do really well for them. Right, right. And so it's just like any placements that you get, they do they own the publishing or they get a percentage of the publishing? Yeah, or? they own the publishing. Oh, okay. And then mm-hmm. you can would you own the master or the or the artist owns the master or like the label owns the master? Bro, I would it's have just to whatever. ask my manager yeah. or like my lawyer. Yeah, right. I'm right. just like making shit. Yeah, I don't at least even you know. got a manager and a I lawyer. just got a manager like shout out Pergo. He he started managing me like three months ago or four months ago. Yeah. As you're digging in your ear to yeah. qualm your fucking tinnitus. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, dude. That sucks. Um so you got a manager now and a lawyer? That's like you, I've had really a lawyer for a bit. Um my boy Sebastian, he's also like Post Malone's lawyer and a wow. lot of like GBC members' lawyer and a lot of big people's lawyers. He's the man. Um, but yeah, I have a little team now, which is cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was doing everything by myself before and I couldn't believe it. Like, but having a manager is cool because he's helping me chase down all this money I'm owed. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I would imagine with the way that you have been working for the last five years or there's so. There's a lot of shit I missed out there's on. So, yeah. There's so many songs that probably blew up that you never saw a fucking penny yeah, from because it's just definitely. like, oh, you're my homie, dude. Don't worry about it. Put it out. Let's blow you up. And I'm on their heads. <laughs> yeah. And then now it's like, oh, this song has 20 million views and I've but never seen But it's cool because I can it. just be like, yo, Pargo, uh, hit their manager. Or yeah. like, it doesn't even have to like be a falling out with people. Like, you just be like, let our managers handle it. Yeah, right, right. So you got your publishing deal to get your ducks in a row because you're um, having Shavo. Yeah. And what you had like seven months to get your shit together, six months. Yeah. And at the time, I was living with um, my homegirl Mel. We had a two bedroom in Echo Park, and then shout out Mel. Shout out killing your vibes. Yeah, you know Mel. Yeah. Um, fucking. So we were living together, and then. I got this money. Uh, the first thing I did with it was I bought a car. I was like, I need a fucking car. Got the Civic. You know, I got my Civ. Cop the Civ. Cop the Civ off the lot. Fuck um, yeah. Did you lease or own? Oh, I own. Oh, man. I used to always lease. Because, you, you know, I, I know li- I wish I didn't. Dog, I, I leased Civics and my Civic, my monthly car payment would be less than my phone bill because of that shit. My shit sucked because <laughs> even before I got this car, I had another car that... Um, that was like my high school car. I actually flew to New Hampshire to drive it here. Yeah. And um, I crashed it. Mm. I crashed it during this hazy phase, like when I was drinking a lot. I mm-hmm. actually totaled it completely. I yeah. could have died. I ran a red light Bro, you, and you... I T-boned somebody and <sighs> totaled the fuck out of my car. Somehow that person, I hit them like right like in their backseat passenger so they didn't get hit. 
but like my car was like smashed. Oh my god! And I then that, that car hit another car, and somehow I didn't get a DUI. They didn't even breathalyze me or anything. It was like nine in the morning. I was on like a sick one. Holy and shit! Well, yeah, nine I was in the morning. Just going, you just thought I was you were going, going to work. I was going to McDonald's. Oh my god! And then you're lucky to be alive. I tried like running from the shit, and like the dude I hit like chased me and like grabbed me and brought me back and shit. It was a whole thing. And you after were wild. And then after then, I found out I was having a baby, and then. Boom, pub deal, boom, get my shit together, get a car. Uh, my lease was about to end with Mel. Uh, was able to afford, like, a one-bedroom house. Like, just get set up and get right. I didn't know about I, that car accident. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, posted, I posted about it a long time ago, yeah. but wow. it was scary as fuck. Like, I can't believe you I, ran, dog. I, can't I, be- I was changing the song on my phone like yeah. a dumbass. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I ran. I tried. Um, I tried calling a friend to like call me an Uber or pick me up. Oh my gosh! And I remember I was running in the wrong direction because I wasn't that far from home. So I was yeah. like, "Fuck! I'm just gonna go." Because I was afraid. I wasn't afraid of getting caught for getting in a car crash. I was afraid because I w- was a Canadian citizen, and if you get a DUI, you get deported. Uh, so I was like, "I'm gonna run away and like sober up, and yeah. then deal with this." Right. When they catch me and like if I go to the jail for running or whatever, at least I'm not deported or something. I don't fucking know. That was a lot of drunk thought processing. It in, was in a very short amount of it time. It was, but yeah. somehow I didn't thank fucking God I didn't get a DUI. But and then I, you know, I had to chill the fuck out. Yeah. Stop. And so and I'm still, I'm still like working on myself. But that I definitely grew up a lot since since all that shit. So. Shabo was born November 19th mm-hmm. of 2018? Yeah. Okay. And how does your life change? Um, Drastically. Like, he gave me, like, a... Before I, like, didn't... I sound all emo, but I didn't know if I had, like, a, per- a real purpose or not. Or Which like... is so crazy to me because, like, if anybody that i know know. seems like they have a purpose it's you bro yeah i know but you are the most you move with the most (laughs) purpose of anybody that i know thanks i appreciate that but i mean telling a super depressed no i know binge alcoholic that like you know i I just since i was like 15 yeah it fucking i just didn't see it and then he was born and um he actually um like I've been working even more now that he's born because it make it's like I got to take care of this fucking baby. <laughs> yeah. I gotta I gotta right. be on my shit. I'm not going back to working a fucking job. Like right. I'm I gotta stay focused. And um, he just I never felt like true love until he was born. He loves me and yeah. that shit's cool. And yeah, it's cool seeing like your baby have like little characteristics of yourself and mm-hmm. like see them get musical and stuff. But yeah, he's just a source of inspiration and love, and I'm I couldn't imagine a life without him. Mm-hmm. Now he's walking. Now he's walking, talking. Starting to he talk. can count to fifteen. Count to fifteen. He's not even two yet. Yeah, that's tight. He just walks around the house all day counting to fifteen. Wow. Can yeah. He, but can he shred yet? Can he play power chords yet? He can. No, he can tight. strum. Like yeah. he knows what a pick does. Yeah. Right. And he thinks it's funny to take a pick and throw it on the inside, inside of the inside of the acoustic <laughs> I guitar you, i saw you'd post that that's yeah funny. he thinks that shit mad funny and he's got musical preferences already yeah he likes the cure a lot there's some rapper that sets him off too he likes gunna oh yeah gunna. well he likes this one gunna video uh, called like called hot yeah with i think young thug and shit but he he likes he likes watching videos with like fire and shit mm-hmm 
I mean, fire is a cool thing to look at. Like, I mean, fire is tight. And shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he likes Gunna, The Cure. He likes um, this band called Black Marble. Are you still – I've always maybe unfairly pictured you as somebody that just always has people around. Like you always have friends visiting and shit. Is yeah, that... I don't have nobody visit when he's around. Okay. Yet. I mean he's I so gonna... little. Yeah. I bring him – I've brought him to dinners before and like yeah. brought him to friends' houses. But I was going to ask he... if he had like a favorite friend of yours. <clears throat> no, he, I don't think there's any favorites yet. He's yeah. still like is warming up. I've – like he's been around like Brennan a bunch and like Horace and stuff. Yeah. But – He's he's still so little. Like the only people he really knows knows are like me, my parents, like his mom, yeah. her family. And, uh, is she from out here? Yeah, she's from Inglewood. Oh, Jasmine from Inglewood. How has co-parenting been? Cool. Like you guys get along? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, it's good. There's ups yeah. and downs with with all that shit, but we're fine right now. And yeah. I'm just trying to keep it chill and uh, be respectful and. Yeah. So it was yeah. never a thing of like, let's see if we can make this work. Yeah, I mean, they, we went through that. Yeah, but yeah, we're just we're just co-parenting. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, dog, you're getting to be in your kid's life. A lot of people that, don't get that's that chance. That's what I'm thankful for. A lot of people don't get that chance. So, yeah, you know. I'm very thankful for that. That's all that matters is making sure he's happy. Yeah, and I mean, I watch all of your content on Instagram. Um, he seems very happy. He yeah, looks like he is. A, looks like a very joyous kid, man. He's very yeah. cute. Got little fat legs. I just want to eat them up. Yeah, he's he's adorable. Yeah, that's tight. Chunky man. Yeah, for real. So speaking of always kind of having friends around, like I always try to reiterate to people is that you are one of these spoons that stirs the pot in, in, mm-hmm. in the music scene in L.A. across so many different scenes. I don't really have a question about that. I guess I just want to like talk about some of the acts that maybe people wouldn't know about or – Eventually they would have, but maybe they knew about earlier because of you. You know what I'm saying? Like people that have gone on to really do huge things. Like I think about working on dying. Well, mm. you put me on to working on working on dying in like 2015. Those are the people I was talking about that signed a really good pub deal. That oh, are, I mean now they're, they're producing they're on, for Uzi. Yeah, they're placements everywhere. Like Future. E- yeah, I think. everybody. Yeah, every poppin' ass rapper. I mean, and you showed me them probably 2015 or 16, and yeah. and then now, I mean, Matt, o- they like blew up Matt Ox. Yeah. So like, I don't know. These are this is like your world, but beyond that, it's like all the GBC cats. <laughs> I don't want to toot my own horn no. too much, but I definitely know like I. I I don't know. I just I, yeah. I just wanted to help people and produce for them and. I guess I produce well and the songs blow up and then they become big. I just like showing people. I don't like holding in cool shit. If I hear something, regardless if I'm involved with it or not, I'm going to pass it on. Like I remember showing like, like ham, like smoke perp and it was their first time hearing it. And then they booked him for his first show. Oh no shit. Shit like that. Or like made in Tokyo probably doesn't know that. Like I showed like them. Made in Made Tokyo, in Tokyo. Was, was one of the ham radio shows where I went, oh, this guy is going to fucking be – Yeah. I thought he was going to be huge. Like he's so dope. And uh, I just remember seeing his music videos and being like, this guy's a really good dancer. Yeah, he yeah. was sick. Um, Love Made in Tokyo. But yeah, there's a lot of shit where I would just plug people and they, I don't even think they knew that they I was. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's like you were never somebody seeking credit, which is a strong moral character, but it's also easy to get kind of lost in the mix that way. Yeah, definitely. And it's easy to be taken advantage of that way. Yeah. Right? I remember like going to meetings with labels um, 
and I thought I was going to get a job at like a label, like after I was a producer, but they were just trying to figure out who I was listening to and fucking with. And then I so never heard s- from them again. Yeah. Like they were using me as like a free A&R session. That's and fucked. I was like, fuck this shit. That's like, fucked. Yeah. Yeah. What labels did that? It was good music. Oh, wow. Yeah. No shit. Good music did that. There was some other shit too. I forget what the other ones were. I just remember specifically going to good music and like... Like, I swear I thought I was getting a job, and, and then I walked out just feeling like I got whored. And and then they signed 070 Shake. Yeah. No, I don't even know who that is, but... You don't? No. Oh. I was, like, hella pressing for my friends to be on that shit. Um, but, yeah. Well, and so now you've got a personal project. They're cool, though. I, I oh. love good music, but I was like, damn, I don't think they realize how important and like I, I I can be to this company. That's what I'm saying. It's like people don't get it until yeah. until it's too late. Yeah. You know? But you do have a project that you're working on now that's near and dear to your heart and that I <laughs> that I've interviewed a couple times already is Hook. Yeah, Hook Hook is like the newest Hook is the wave. truth. Hook is Hook after Gus Hook was like re-inspired me to make music again. Like she is the freshest coolest shit. Like she just brings a smile to my face. Like and I never heard girls get on, like, West Coast beats in, like, 10 years since, like, the jerk day is, like, Vixen ENT. And I just remember seeing this video for the song 90 and thinking, like, this shit is fucking different and cool. And I just blew her up on every DM email I could find and linked with her, like, shortly after. And then she's she's been one of my closest friends now. And Yeah, what does that look like when you discover this, like... 19 year old black woman and you blow her up on every single dm is she initially like whoa no because i I wasn't i was like i was just like yo what is your b email you know yeah yeah. i wasn't even asking the link or anything oh yeah she actually just um she did an interview that um the boy house phone was also on and fucking uh he just hit me up and was like yo i'm with hook like yeah like let us come over and i was at the bar and i was like i'm going like i'm not missing another opportunity like i was like y'all meet me at my house right fucking now and then we made this song called switch and then me and her just got along hella well and i was like yeah i'm the one who was sending you those beats and shit oh yeah she knew nothing about me either before like she doesn't she wasn't hip to a lot of like the underground shit and that was cool to me because it was like Damn, I can really have a fresh start because the stuff I make with her is completely different. It's from, so off the wall compared to all the other stuff. You yeah, because yeah. people mainly know me as like a emo rap producer, right. even though I've always made other types of shit. And I'm not mad at that, but this shit I'm like super stoked on. Like, yeah, and you're we getting just, to, we just had a session like two days ago, and you're really getting to like flex your creative muscles because you're over here making like electro beats and yeah, and like all beat. sample free music. Yeah, there's no samples in anything I'll ever do. With it's her. like this uh, wild blend of like hyphy and '80s fucking technotronic type music. Or yeah, something. it's dope. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm. I'm she 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 makes me excited about about music. Shout out Hook. So did you 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 went through like a creative lull after all that shit went down? Uh yeah, definitely. And then like I was I was very busy with like, you know, figuring out baby stuff and stuff and I just felt like I didn't have a lot of time to to think about um like think about creative shit. I was like making things, but I definitely had like a slow year. Um shortly after as far as music but um yeah i don't know i just it just seeing her shit just like put a spark back in me and like yeah. 
I've been going super hard since since I met her and with other people too. So yeah, shout yeah, out her. Shout out Hook. We're working on a crazy, crazy album. I mean, she's already dropped so many projects like Bully, me and her shit, and then she dropped I Love You. I Hook, Love You Too Hook. And then I Love You and then Crash My Car and then I Love You Too Hook. Mm-hmm. And now she's working on this crazy album, like like which will be like Half like mainstream shit, half turn up high key yeah, shit, and yeah. it sound and she's singing on it, and it like really singing, and it sounds really fucking good. So I'm really stoked about that. That's tight. So Shavo, how do you have to like clean your life up for him? If that makes sense. I mean, I can't drink around him. You yeah, know, I can't obviously. be smoking cigarettes, yeah. doing fuck shit. Not, I don't be having nobody over. Yeah, and shit just. Just give them all my fucking attention. And Are your parents just so stoked to be grandparents or what? Yeah, but they're sad that they live in New York. And oh, like right. I live Because they only see them like once or they've only seen them like three times. Yeah. And like, yeah, they just wish they were out here. They're actually thinking about buying property out here to like. That'd be sick. Fucking be closer and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I have them on weekends. So f- weekdays, I just hustle my ass off. Yeah. And it. It makes me better at time management like i had so much shit to do today that i packed it one day because i'm like i gotta get all this shit done right and then weekends yeah just dad mode as fuck yeah and you guys just kind of like do you just kind of like chill when it's dad mode that's it just you and him yeah we let the rest of the world melt away yeah basically and i mean especially during all this covid shit there's not much to do but like i i have like a routine like wake up we breakfast watch our morning shows play Go to the park, nap, yeah. Wake up, play more, yeah. Fucking eat again, you know, normal shit. Read, yeah. Read to him. Yeah, he can. He be picking up books on his own and like looking through them and stuff too. And my brother had his first kid, who is like, mm, he's maybe like seven months younger than than Chavo. He's about yeah. he's like a year and some months. Now. Yeah, and. uh I've decided, like, yeah, I'm going to be, like, the book uncle. I'm just going to, like, send him mad yeah. books all the time. Yeah, he's grown up in important. Alaska. He's grown up out in the sticks. So, like, yeah. one of the first books I bought him was, like, uh, Baby's First Book on Feminism. You know, oh, like, shit. you know, I want him to, like, hey. The, the woke books. Yeah. There's the like L.A. books. The L.A. books. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I, I had to, like, really go out of my way to figure this shit out living in that's Alaska. Legit. I want it to be easier that's, for that's you. That's smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so when he comes to the real America. Yeah, <laughs> like, so when you get out of the fucking boondocks, you're yeah. not, like, this foreigner you yeah feel exactly me? so yeah we're trying i haven't been able to yeah, join the dad gang yet you but will you we'll will get there enough. i'm trying because i'm trying to you know set up play dates and shit i told you how to <laughs> i know yeah. <laughs> i told you the secret oh uh, you know my uh yeah do acid that, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know th- i know three couples who got pregnant on acid. on acid that's so funny who never got pregnant before. That's so funny. So it's though. like, I, in my head, I think that works. My, and uh, I mean, how else can he count to 15 already? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's Dude, on his fifth. He's about to be in his like, 16th dimension. He, Yeah, he's so smart. And I'm like, that's the ass. That's, <laughs> that's the not ass me. Little, that's so funny. Yeah. My buddy has three boys. And um, and then my other, you know, Nokan. Yeah. Uh, he has three girls. I actually just saw him, like, right before COVID. No we shit. We were talking about working on some shit. Wow, I, saw yeah. him, I saw him at a fucking wiki show. Oh, yeah, right, right. I haven't seen him in forever, but those two were joking with each other because he's like, oh, man, I have three girls. How did you have three boys? And he's like, you want to know the secret to having a boy? Here's what you do. 
you you take your girl, you take her out for a nice dinner, get her a little tipsy, make sure she just got on like the her best outfit, like sexy lingerie underneath, all that, get her warmed up, and then um, send her to my house. I'll make sure she has a boy. Oh my god. <laughs> I always thought that was very funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, so, yeah, what, uh, you've been having some rough times lately. Let's talk about that, right? Uh, yeah. You're having some self-realizations. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're and you're now trying to better yourself. So tell me a little bit about, like, where yeah, you're Yeah, that's a very new, I mean, like, I, I still um, struggle with. Like, I never thought I was an alcoholic. I thought I would just drink a lot. You just thought you were, like, a turn-up dude. Yeah, but, yeah. like, I, I just notice I do certain shit when I'm drunk that, like, like I don't like and stuff. Like, like crashing cars. Crashing cars. <laughs> like, I don't even want to name other shit. Of but course. But, like, fucking just, just being dumb, like, driving drunk. Like, none, none of this shit that I, like, condone and... And then when I'm drunk is when I want to, you know, do drugs and shit. And then we'll be up till fucking sunrise. And I hate that feeling. And then the whole next day I'm like, I'm a piece of shit. And mm. then can't get anything done. And, I mean, I have a son, so I can't be fucking selfish. Like, this shit could cost me my life. Because I can drink a lot, a lot, a lot, and not feel – I don't think I'm drunk. I've, That's the interesting thing is that I've probably seen you shit face, but never really been like, oh, Ned's, like, really annoyingly drunk. Like, no, you just yeah. kind of seem normal. Yeah, but, like – But you're tore back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I can drink a lot. Like, like the last time I drank a few – few days ago which is the next day i realized like i want to i want to try to be sober try to go at least as long as i can hopefully forever i've probably had like 30 shots jesus like, christ that's the canadian like, i was making boy. like i was making these weird cocktails like that had eight shots in them like it was using like bailey's as a mixer Ugh. so there was no yeah. actual mixer right and i drank like six of these things and then i just like i don't know i just the next day I was like, damn, that was fucking stupid. Like, that was really dumb. Mm -hmm. And I just immediately hit up my sober homies like, bro, take me to AA. Like, I, I want to go. And that's literally where I'm going after this. Yeah. I want to get right. Like, I don't I don't want to be – I don't I, – I, I don't need that shit. Like, so, yeah, I'm just trying to get right. I, like, started therapy for a bit, um, but it was, like, kind of too expensive. But – yeah, I need to get health care and then I'm going to do that and like, you know, just get 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 my life even more right. Are you a dual citizen now? Yeah, I became a citizen last year. Oh, that's cool. Congrats, yeah. Bro. So if I ever want to move back, thank you. If I ever want to move to Canada, get Shavo out of Trump land, I could do that. Yeah. So now at least you don't have to be worried about visas and shit. No. Yeah. Well, I had a green card though, oh, yeah, a green for card. mad long. OK. Yeah. Well, that's good because now you, I mean, I, I don't know. It seems like being in Canada would be easier for healthcare in general. Yeah. It's like free healthcare, but it doesn't cover everything. Oh, okay. There's like certain little things that it doesn't cover, but basic shit it does, yeah. which is good enough for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, bro, I, I'm like hoping for the best for you with, Thank with, you. with the sobriety shit. Yeah. I, it's, it's tough at the beginning and I'm sure... I'm saying it on here so I push... So people hear people, it and yeah. don't see me out fucked up and... People are like, going to hold you to it. Yeah, I want people to really hold the, me. The punishers I mean, are going to come for you. I mean, like, today, like, um, I was at my band practice, which I can talk about, too. I'm yeah. really stoked about that. But, like, like we practice at 1720 and there's a bar there and you yeah. can, like, go down and sneak drinks if you want. Like, yeah. um... But fucking, 
Yeah, I just like uh, the, the every practice we've had, I I go down after a few songs and just take a few shots, and then by the end of practice, pretty fucking hammered. Like, and uh, today was the first time I was I wasn't like getting drunk playing guitar, mm-hmm. and I I was like going to the bathroom and I passed the bar and I'm like grabbing a water and like no part of me was like oh let me grab a drink, but I was like this is when I would, yeah, and I felt like mad anxious and like. Uh, yeah, I was like, I'm going to get over this anxious feeling and not even think about this liquor because like, yeah. this is when I would normally do it and take an edge off. But, um, yeah, I'm really – yeah, so I just – I'm trying to get straight. Yeah, man. I, well, I hope that it works out, man. Thanks, Because, you know, alcohol – it's too easy to fuck your shit up with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really is. It's the worst yeah. drug. It me. really is. And it's so easily accessible and it's not looked down upon, but it's like Yeah, that's the thing. There's it's no, legal and it kills so many people. The, and that's and there really is no there's no one that can actually handle their liquor. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Nobody. Like no no one has ever said like you know, you, you know what those beers last night made my life better. You know what's crazy is I don't remember this either, but the night I'm talking about where I drank like however many shots. Yeah. The next day I looked in my email and i saw that i tried buying a breathalyzer on amazon wow and i yeah, was so like you like I, fully black out yeah but i that means to me that even in my blackout state i knew that you got i like, had a fucking problem because i did drive home oh, which wow. was stupid as fuck yeah. and I, nobody should i don't condone that shit but it's yeah, you gotta it's get just your kind of and lift accounts kind of no i have them now okay. but i like i didn't know i was gonna go drink for real for real like i I thought i was gonna leave my car and like uber home yeah. but the fact that i was like thinking like i need a fucking breathalyzer like that yeah. said something to me like you don't even need that you just need to stop yeah yeah that's good that you realize that because a lot of people spend a lot of months going like well you know what i'm just gonna make it so that i don't drink on weeknights or i don't but drink I on weekends like or, i mean i already don't drink on yeah. weekends because of my kid right but i can't limit myself yeah like because i'm like what's the point i'm like if i drink two drinks like i'm trying to get fucking drunk i don't want right. to why why even drink so i'm just like no fuck that shit right find other ways to healthily deal with like you know being Dustin. bummed out about shit. I mean, I used to have this friend, Dustin, RIP. Uh, he ended up killing himself. But he used to, in, yeah, in high school, he used to say, uh, he would get like blackout drunk and he'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't drink to get drunk. I drink to like die. And I, and like, I've been like that too. For that's sure. always stuck with me where I'm like, I don't, I, that's like scary because I know a lot of people like that. You that know? That's another reason why I wanted to stop too because I have a son and that I, before he was born, I was definitely trying to do that. Yeah. Like, that's probably why I got in a car accident, but um, right. I mean, Ned, yeah. the, the world needs you, bro. The, yeah, the world I know. needs more people like you. So <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, why I'm straight. You, so. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. But talk to me about if I die first. Yes, this is what I'm most yeah. excited about. That's that's like, what this, this is that's like, save the best for last. This is my childhood dream, like. Like, just being in a fucking rock band. Like, I was in bands, like, emo and screamo bands when I... Like, post-hardcore bands when I was in high school. But, like, they always fell apart. I was the only one taking it serious. And now, at 27, um, me and five other homies, fucking Lil Zubin, who sings and does keyboard. Lotus, who's a singer. I do guitar, vocals. My boy Travis Richter, who does guitar and vocals too. He, he used to be in this band from first to last with Skrillex. And they were like one of my favorite bands growing up. So like 12-year-old me is like, damn, I'm in a band with like one of my idols now. 
And then um, we have Nolan, who plays bass for Ghost Man, um, and my boy Kale, who also plays bass for Ghost and a bunch of other cool bands. And I just like, I just, one day um, Zubin was over and we wanted to make a song, but we were like, let's just make a guitar song. And our boy Nolan was there who plays bass. We, we just made a song just like guitar, bass, and vocals. And I was like, fuck, like we should put drums on this. Because Zubin used to be in band, like rock yeah. bands too, right? Before he went kind of R&B? Yeah, he was, he definitely was like growing up, but he was in this sick ass R&B group called um, like R&B like indie type shit called worshiper and he okay. played keyboards in oh it. yeah yeah oh that's and right zubin is like an amazing piano player oh wow like he's like classically trained no super five so i just i just thought of a lineup in my head and then i just hit everybody up and asked who wanted to be down i just kept making i wrote the entire record in like it's like six songs it comes out this record comes out July 10th, and I made it all in like a week and a half, just recording in my room, sending it to my boy Travis, who mixed it, added drums, sent back instrumentals, and then recorded the vocals at my house. Um, but yeah, we're called If I Die First, and it's like post-hardcore, screamo shit for all the old emo kids, and it's it's going to be cool because... We all have our own fan bases. Yeah, I mean, it really is kind of a super group. Yeah, in, in, like in low itself. key, and I'm like the page already has like seven thousand followers on IG, yeah. and we don't even have a song out. That's so I'm really I'm really excited because I know so many bands like it's really hard to get right. a jump off. So I'm very uh, blessed and and happy that well, people yeah, are you, tuning you, in. You put together a band where like everybody, every member has like sixty thousand Instagram yeah, followers. Four of them are shit. verified. Yeah, like, exactly. Like but, it's gonna it's gonna be lit. Yeah, I'm real. I'm fucking so excited. And we got yeah. to hear some tracks. Ben and I got to hear some oh, tracks nice. um, when Lotus was in here. He and, played them. Yeah, Lotus nice. played us like three of the songs. I think. And I mean, it sounds fantastic. I, I was blown away that the drums were programmed. Yeah, they're programmed. It's crazy because it sounds like live drumming. To yeah, me. like Kale the drummer because uh it's really hard to record good sounding drums unless right. you have a huge budget and yeah. we're not signed yet so like uh travis he's just really good at programming them so he would sit down with kale or he would do them and then get kale's input on like how he would actually play them right and then it boom. sounds fucking real to me well and so the crazy thing is ben that engineers the podcast like he's into that kind of shit and so he's like yeah. yo i can kind of hear like a seosin influence yeah and Sales yeah, they're like, a huge influence of ours. Yeah, and so I, I wouldn't have picked that up, but Ben yeah. was like, "Yeah, this is legit. That's like, sick as this fuck. is so dope." Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, man, I'm I'm stoked about that. I can't wait to play shows. We're just getting hella good practicing. Yeah, social distance practicing. Uh, so by the time that next year comes around, like we'll have this EP is called My Poison Arms. It'll come out six songs. At the end of the year, I want to have another EP, six songs come out. So by next year, we have enough music for like a forty-minute like set. We want to headline shows. We want to, we want to be, and we think we can be like the biggest band. Yeah, like at least in that realm. So I we're have, going yeah. for it. Like it's like low-key my main focus right now. Yeah, I put producing aside from Hook on the back burner. I have um, no doubt that a band where like everybody has their own individual followings like that and then comes together and sounds as polished as you guys already sound i think yeah. it's gonna like take off pretty quick thanks dog yeah, yeah. i'm super excited yeah that'll that. be sick follow us at if i die first on instagram there you go <laughs> if i die first it's funny to you know the old pictures and, that i've seen of you as like a 14 year old with the fucking mcsqueeb yeah. haircut like uh, tinkering on your bass and shit like now you're getting to do that as an adult yep and me and lotus were talking today we want to do 
one of these on like acoustic versions yeah. of uh, our songs, like maybe sometime yeah, of course. in the future. Yeah, we get, we definitely got to figure out a way to have If I Die First like in here somehow. Like, At least acoustic. Yeah. You could definitely do that easy. Yeah. Like what was that group out west that you had? Yeah, out west. They just, they, I just they, watched their shit. They again. just used the backing track. I think that we covered everything that, yeah. we, that we needed to, and I hope that you were able to. You know, get some shit off your chest and clear some yeah, shit definitely. up. That's yeah, definitely. That's pretty much all caught but up also, in the past three you years. You know, I just love talking to you. Oh, like, also, yeah. real quick, I just need to say Please. rest in peace to my homegirl, China, who she was a rapper and model, and I, I lost her like two months ago, and that shit hit me like super tough like yeah. as much as peep yeah and um i am and i meant to bring her up and i forgot to and so no, it's all good but why i'm also bringing her up is because um our band name is named after her like she she had this ep called in case i die first yeah and i was like well i need to name something after her so i was just like let me just change in case to if and yeah run with that but yeah recipes to her and she's also my beat tag like when you hear on any of my beats like yo ned yeah turn that light down that was her so no shit that's the main shout out is rest in peace so sad you've lost a lot of people man and it's really sad to have to go through that yeah it's it's hard but it makes makes me stronger but i don't know i don't know it's it's tough. I'm yeah, just like man. that's why I, I want to get straight because I also don't want to influence other friends and yeah. people to do dumb shit. Well, yeah, because you are somebody like I said that brings the community together, and if you can be that kind of like positive light of like, hey, I've yeah, been through it. I, I see do. people close to me die. Like you need to shake your shit and get and get straight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, and also you'll be walking proof that like. Uh, you don't lose your creativity just because you're not getting fucked up every night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's just, that's just a crutch. That's not that's not where the the source of the magic comes from. Yeah, exactly. You feel me? I don't really need that shit to be creative. Right? Anyway, exactly. So. Exactly. So anyway, thank you for everything that you do. Just, thank you. And, you know, for, since you moved here five six years ago, like I just think you've been a an absolute tornado and tsunami force through LA, and thank and you've you, helped dog. so many people on their rise to the top. And you don't get the credit you deserve and eventually you will but i mean someday somebody who does as much as you do there's no way they can get the credit that you deserve you know what i'm saying think of people like mf doom yeah like he's one of the greats and nobody ever mentions him in documentaries right no real shit it's really interesting the takes that younger generations have on mf doom but that's a whole nother podcast also, yeah. I had I'm sick as fuck because I You're produced the only for one MF that Doom. produced that, and shout out open Mike Eagle. via Mike Eagle. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's insane. Only kid to come out of SoundCloud and produce for Doom. Like, well, kids don't know about, how crazy. And that just is. think about where, like, where you came from. You were Milo's best friend. Is yeah, how, shout that's out how, Rory, man. Shout out Rory. That's how I met you. Is you were Milo's best friend. You're like, yo, I think I'm gonna move to LA. I'm friends with Milo. Do you have any internships? Yada yada. And then to start your own whole wave as a producer and then it for it to come back full circle to work with open mic and have mf doom who were like huge influences real real quick thing too is fucking when around the time got in that car crash blah 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 moved out was hella depressed still i called rory i I don't talk to him that much but i like to keep in touch i call him like a few times a year and just catch up and he was like yo i i got something that'll blow your fucking mind like i know somebody you produce for and you don't even know it yeah. and like i was like who what are you talking about and he's like mf doom got on one of your beats and i was like how like what yeah. are you talking about and then he uh he 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 was like i heard it like a song with mike blah yeah. blah blah 
because uh, I, I was producing for I, I, I sent uh, Mike a few uh, beats for like this show he did yeah and Mike just took him and got doomed. Yeah, it was on the New Negroes. Yeah, that yeah. shit was. Yeah, that shit I was feel cool. like you have to say that with your chest, or else you're a racist. You know what I'm no, saying? No, yeah. <laughs> like, I, you just gotta go, hey, the New Negroes, and be yeah. comfortable with it. But fucking, um, that shit was, that shit was tight. So yeah, shout out Rory. Yeah, that's Mike amazing. So he's the one who broke the news to you. You didn't even know yet. Yeah, and I didn't hear the song for months and months and months. Like maybe like ten TV. months. Yeah, and then I actually was drunk and pressed the the producers of it like i found their i found whatever contact because they were there was people like i had to sign contracts and shit yeah like, got paid or whatever but yeah. i was like i like built i like built up all this you know might and was like i need to hear this this yeah. is my my song right like, right let me hear this shit like yeah. come on and then they sent me a link that expired within like a day so i like ripped that shit and like just kept it and that's so wild like <laughs> I, I see i don't know how any of that shit works now i would have assumed that mike would have just texted you right afterwards like yo guess mike who's on said he couldn't because it it would be like shit do be getting leaked like and if that would have got leaked it would have gotten it would have fucked shit up yeah like my email's gotten hacked before oh yeah so right right he couldn't like he was like they'll send it to you when it's ready but yeah, I, right. they he didn't even know that i heard it and before it came out wow but, yeah wild Wild. But yeah, that's everything, I think. That's a lot of stuff. We'll do another in well, three yeah, years. Yeah, in three years Every we'll do more years. because something will something will happen again. Yeah. But yeah. Good man, things will happen. That's right. Thanks for everything you do. You know. Thanks, that, A lot of people owe you a lot of shit. Tell the people where to find you online besides at if I die first. You can find me at Netarb Nagrom, which is how you pronounce it. It's Nagrom, not ne- Nagrom. <laughs> no. I always say Nagrom. No, but and also, it's just Nedar, but like, yeah, I want n- the at, but yes, Nedar Nagram, N E D A R B N A G R O M on everything. Okay. Very easy to find. You're just Ned now. You need to get at Ned. I hate, I hate like being called Ned, honestly. You don't like being called Ned? I was just having a conversation with the homegirl about this. I like being called Braden. I always call you Braden. That's I- when I know you know me. Like, I'll introduce myself as Ned to somebody, like, yeah. you know, just. Like, hey, what's up? I'm Ned, but like, you know. See, that's the thing is that my gut instinct is to always refer to people by their first names because I prefer to get called by my first name. I don't want people walking around going, intuition. Some people don't, though. Yeah. Like. No, for sure. Some don't. But I I introduce myself, like, for the most part, like, Brennan calls me Brayden. Yeah. And so I always refer to you as Brayden, but then I feel like I'm little brothering you or something. You know what I mean? Because like I talked about you on, or like I talked to you about on the last show, it was like your journey far surpassed mine as far as notoriety went. And so I, <laughs> it was there was a while where I was like, oh yeah, Ned's like my little brother. And then I was like, oh, Ned's like th- just the brother now, like you know. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm the brother. Now. Yeah. And so so I don't want to like little brother anybody by calling them their first name. Nah. I just assumed that you uh, preferred Ned. Nah, definitely right. don't. Well, now it's Brayden for. But life. you randos don't call me my first name yeah you call him <laughs> sir call him mr nagram no don't yeah. call me mr nagram that's Nagram. My dad's, nagram. that's my dad's name yeah anyway all right that's it all right find this man at nedarb nagram there you go motherfucker you can find me at its intuition some of oh, well let me start that over but we'll edit that part i out. could do this part go ahead do it you can find me at it's intuition <laughs> at kind of neat. Shout out to Ben for making this shit sound buttery. <laughs> Something like that. Nailed it. Yo, you got it. Uh, but yeah, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as intuition. You can find me at it's intuition. You can find my man, Ben Shim online, making the shit sound buttery at Benjamin Shim. 
You can find us as a unit at Kind of Neat, youtube.com slash Kind of Neat, where you can go see a plethora of videos, and eventually you'll see an uh, If I Die First video. Yeah. Tonight is not the night, but yeah, eventually. Soon. Ned, thank you for hitting me up. Brayden, thank you for hitting me up. <laughs> I'm glad that we got to catch up, bro. Yep. Uh, it's always a pleasure, and I'll see you soon. All right, dog. This was Kind of Neat. <laughs>